how do you work smarter and not harder? Join me today as I chat with Scotty Schindler as we talk about his book, The Five Systems of Successful People. Let's start the countdown. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, depending on where you're tuning in from. Welcome to the Creators Tips, Tools, and Tales live show. I am your host, Fanny Dunnigan, and every other week I bring to you content creators from all kinds of different industries and expertise so they can share with you their systems, their tips, their tools, their stories, so that we can all learn and grow and become better content creators. So welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. Let's see who we have here. I see some new names here. I see uh, Conroy. Welcome, Conroy from Plano, Texas. As always, our lovely friend Yolanda is in there. I see Robert. Welcome, Robert. Welcome to the show. Dolores, so good to see you here. She's excited to hear Scotty speak. Absolutely. I also see uh, 
Rochelle, hopefully I pronounced that right. Welcome to the show. And then lovely Jennifer Henderson as well. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Welcome everybody. Oh, Melissa too, a new name here. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in. As I was saying, this is the Creator Tips, Tools, and Tales show. And make sure you uh, introduce yourself. Let people know where you're tuning in from. We get people from all over the world, all over Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so definitely make the most out of the community here in the comments. This is being streamed across my network and Small's network, Scotty's network. So it's really a great place to network with each other. So make sure you introduce yourselves. Let people know where you're tuning in from. And also let people know what's your expertise. Share with people what you do. You never know who you're going to meet. You could meet a connection, a new networking connection, as well as maybe a potential collaborator and maybe a potential client, potential employer. You just never know. So I challenge you to connect with three new people in the feed here and build your network. And please share with your friends, uh, share and tag your connections. We're going to talk all about systems of successful people working smarter, not harder. I want to quickly bring on our amazing community manager and small. She is going to make sure that we get all of you taken care of with your comments and questions. Hey, Anne, how's it going? Hello there, Fanny. Really great. Excited to be a highly successful person. <laughs> exactly. Let's escalate it. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. And then, Anne, let people know what, what they can expect by the end of the show. Okay. So I am the community manager, which means I'm going to be looking at the comments that everyone puts down here. And we want to definitely live answer all your questions. But if we don't do it live, no, we're going to go back into the replay. But here's the big thing. At the end, there's going to be a very special prize for the best comment. So you're going to want to hang in there till the end. I'll be looking those over. Awesome. Thanks, Anne. And uh, we'll try to get to as many questions as we can. Welcome, everybody. I see Patty, photographer, graphic designer from Poetry, Texas. Welcome. Well, thanks, Anne. We'll see you on the other side. Okay. And then you're also going to see Rebecca, our show producer, in the comments. She's going to make sure everything runs smoothly for the show as well. So make sure that you connect with both Anne and Rebecca if you haven't already. So in the meantime, let's get to the content tip of the week. So this week, it's going to be all around how to build your network through live stream communities right here, right now. We have found so much potential in increasing our connections, our network, potential collaborators, partners, all those things 
through this live stream community during the live show as well as after the show because it continues to engage, it continues to be replayed. And I wanted to kind of highlight some of the key benefits you guys can have, not just only from attending the show, but also really, really maximize the networking that happens in the comments of the show. It's a great way to increase your network, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, all these different channels that are um, connected to the show. So I wanted to share with you all this quote, your net worth is equivalent to your network. I'm actually giving you a little snippet of a presentation that I'm doing for live streaming at an upcoming conference. But really, really work on building your network. One of the things that you can do is really leverage and increase your connections and followers on LinkedIn, grow that, make it meaningful, right? And you never know what opportunities can come out of it. So here's different ways and different possibilities of how you can increase your network through live stream communities like this. Obviously, there's your own network. Um, there's the network that I bring to this show. And as well, later on, you're going to meet Scotty and his network and people that follow him. He's going to be our amazing guest as well. And Small's network, Rebecca's network. So I really encourage all of you to comment, introduce yourselves, and then connect with people in the comments of this feed. The people that tend to watch this show are people that are learners, that want to grow, that want to collaborate and support each other. And it's really a great community. So whenever you want to kind of increase your network, I encourage you to join various live stream shows around your industry and topic of interest. And from there, connect with the hosts, connect with the guests, connect with the community managers, and all those people that you see in the comments. It's a really, really powerful way to engage, comment, and build your network. So that's my content tip of the week. I hope you enjoyed that. It's just a little snippet of the uh, contents that I'll be sharing at my upcoming conferences around live streaming. Okay, so let's turn the chat back on. Your comments are going to start to populate the feed, and you're going to see all the audience members across all our three, four networks, and they're going to start to come in here. It's just loading. And uh, in the meantime, I want to bring on our very special guest, Scotty Schindler, the founder of Systems 1357, amazing entrepreneur, and just great guy. Scotty, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, great to be on the Fanny Dunnigan show, live from Dallas. <laughs> Yes, and I think everybody can hear from your accent that you are live from Australia. Yes. And thank you. It's early, right? What time is it? Uh, it's eight o'clock in the morning or quarter past eight. So, and I okay. haven't had my morning surf yet today. I, I Special show today. I wanted to make sure that I didn't go surfing. I didn't run late. Uh, I did go to the beach, but I didn't go surfing. So after we finish, straight down the beach for a surf. 
What a great life. So folks, that, that's the dream, right? That you can wake up, go to the beach, surf, and have everything else taken care of. And we're going to talk all about that, the systems of successful people, uh, just like Scotty. But I wanted to quickly read a little bit of your bio and then have you add to that, Scotty. So... Here, here is his bio, folks. Scotty, the business and sports leader recognized as a leading Aussie business entity and keen surfer who has won multiple surfing titles. And uh, you are you sold your business at 46 and I'm sure very successful. I'll let you talk more about that. And now you do sales trainings and give back to your community. It's, it's quite a, a span of career and resume, Scotty. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks. And that's all true, too. I didn't have to make any of that up. It's actually all true. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> but expand a little bit on that. Tell us about this company you had before and, um, and how you kind of built it up. We have tons of entrepreneurs here. And um, give us a little snippet and how you built your business. Sure. So I, I worked for an American insurance company for 10 years, and that was the best apprenticeship I could have done. And in that 10 years, I learned sales, I learned leadership, and I have got a bit of an idea about business. And I thought I wanted to start a company or a business on my own. So I left the insurance business in the year 2000 and decided to have a go on my own. And it took two years and six attempts so six times I tried to start a company and then finally I landed on a real estate software solution and a proper startup and that worked. So I was very lucky that I managed to get that off the ground and depending on how you look at it, that was either an 18 or a 15 or a 12 year journey, I managed to set myself up and when I exited and retired early, I was lying in bed one day and I went, wow, so everything I tried to do worked. So the things like I'm going to talk about soon, like business judo and time duplication, they were foundation systems for the company that I implemented before I even started the company. And that's why I decided to write the book. In fact, the short story is in 2018, I was asked to speak for Google mm. and their startup grind series. So on that, in that Google talk, I mentioned time duplication. I mentioned business judo. And the audience started asking questions about it. I thought, wow, I really need to start, you know, securing these names and putting the stories behind it and everything else. So the next day I woke up and trademarked business judo, mm. time duplication, and a couple of those nice. terms that I really like. So that way, not so people don't use it. I want everyone to use those terms. I want everyone to adapt them, but just to protect it a little bit because they're sort Absolutely. of Scottyisms, but they are <laughs> words and, and systems that everyone can use. Use it, leverage it, take advantage of it. Awesome. Now, I wanted to, you mentioned that before it became successful, you had some failed ventures, right? Was oh, it absolutely. through those lessons that you developed these systems or what was something key like a key lesson you learn from those failures? Well, I had some rules about how I wanted to start the company, that like the systems that I wanted. I don't know that I learned a lot out of it, but they just didn't work. So I, I did a medical website and, and a medical portal, and that would have worked. It was the partnership that didn't work. 
more so than the business idea. I started doing local portals and that sort of didn't take off. It was a bit of hard work. I started doing computer networking and I wanted to get into like internet security and those sorts of things. The very first client I went to with that business though, I thought this isn't for me. It's too hard. It doesn't follow the systems I want. Even though there was huge opportunity, massive opportunity in the internet security area. This is back in the year 2000, by the way. I still thought it wasn't for me. And then I started to lose a bit of confidence. Just so you know, Fanny, I started to lose some confidence that maybe I can't start a company. So at the start of 2001, I started looking for work. I started applying Mm. for jobs. And you know, the funny thing is, not only did I not get a job, I actually didn't even get a job interview. So I was forced to continue (laughs) down this path of development, self-development, internal. You know, you talk about imposter syndrome and lack of confidence. I mean, I, I was really at that point where I thought I was good. And I thought people wanted would want to employ me, but it turns yeah. out I mustn't be a very good employee. So anyway, I went and bought a couple of books on programming, which is now you know online mm. programming or cloud as they now call it, and that changed the game. So I started then writing an accommodation solution, a real estate solution, and a car yard solution. And the real estate one took off. And by February okay. 2002, I started the company Renet. So it took six attempts. Wow. To get How started. did you oh, not give was- up? That was just the start. Then I actually had to do some more work. Now I've got an idea that's working. Now you actually have to do even more work. And then it took another two years roughly. So September 2003 was the last time I knocked on a door to sell that story, you know, to try and get people to want to become part of Renet. And I had company. So nearly four years that journey took to get that off the ground. Just to give you a bit of an idea of the resistance at the time, like yeah. people when 2000 didn't know what Google was. Mm-hmm. We used <laughs> I remember to buy those software. days. <laughs> <laughs> we used to buy software off a disk. So people yes. wanted to buy the software. And I said, no, I don't sell the software. You have to rent the software. You lease the software. And they went, really? Can't I just buy the software? No, I'm leasing the software. So you just pay mm-hmm. a monthly fee. Now, we all know that's called software as a service now. And everyone yeah. does subscription-based models. But I was a... I was one of the first people doing it because that's what we did selling insurance. We got a little bit of money off a lot of people all the time. And that's one of the systems I wanted to have in my business. And that's part of time duplication. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Yeah. And then before we get into that, I really want to kind of also, I want people to understand the magnitude of how big you built that company. And then when you sold it at 46, Okay. I'm, I'm 48. So I'm, I'm a little behind, (laughs) (laughs) but, but share with people the, the context of what happened when you sold that business. Well, I sold it twice, just so you know. So I sold it in January, 2015. And part of that was I became a part of something bigger. So I wanted to leverage off a bigger company. In fact, you know, my goal was to go to America with the business and take it global. We've, we failed come that to the reasons. land of plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get into how come it failed, but it failed. It didn't really work out. And then we onsold. I tried to buy the company back. That didn't work. They onsold it to a oh. group of investors and I got a bonus anyway. So it was all good. There was no downside to it. And that was October, mm-hmm. 2017. So by in January, 2018 was when I decided that's it. The company's sold. I'm not a very good employee. 
So I'm out. I'm just going to retire. And I've set myself up. Job's done. You know what I mean? So I did. That's, that's, and then what I did was I really did nothing. So 2018 was a year of the universe for me. Let's just Mm. see what happens. Let's see what unfolds. For the first time in my life, I wasn't that driven, energetic, hyperactive person in business. It was like, whoa, I could go for a ride. I could go for a surf. I could do all those things and have absolutely no sense of urgency for the first time in my life. And that was 2018. I want people to see this. This is this is the the life that you get to enjoy when you uh, <laughs> when you sell your company. You can go surfing all day. Yes. And then this is just so for those of you out there, um, you can go to scottyschindler.com and uh, you can kind of see the the huge ramifications and impact that he had with his software and with his story. Um, So it really sets the stage here where I want to talk about your book. Okay. I, over the course, (laughs) we need a photo later. (laughs) Over the course of, gosh, I've known you for maybe three years now. I think since 2019, actually. It was January 25. 2019. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Wow, that was so exact. <laughs> um, roughly. Might have been roughly, morning, could have been afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and and even for me as an entrepreneur, I've realized that it's not just about working hard. Everybody can work hard. But there comes a time when in your career, time becomes the most precious thing. Right? Even if the money's coming in, even if there's success, if you don't have the time to spend it with family and enjoy your success or spend it with the people that you care about and, and rest, right? You have this wonderful phrase, healthy, wealthy, and wise, right? Did I Boom. say that correctly? Boom. That's it. <laughs> yes, that's the goal, right? And we was that kind of why you decided to write this book here? of like, I I love, I mean, this right here, working smarter, not harder. Talk a bit about that. Yeah, good. Like, I like the way you've like focused in on that comment. I was happy to work hard. I had no problems with working hard. The, The challenge I had was after 10 years of the insurance business, I'd worked really hard, but didn't have a lot to show for it. So that's why I decided I'm happy to work hard, but I'm going to make sure this time it works well for me. You know, so at the end of 10 years, I got to this point where I was in a bit of a midlife crisis at the age of 27. And I thought, man, all I'm doing is working for the things that own me. The the company I worked for, I felt owned me. The cars I had owned me. The houses owned me. And I said, I'm changing all that. So I went through a bit of a midlife crisis. I came up with the slogan of healthy, wealthy and wise. That was my slogan going forward. So I had to be smarter. I, had, I didn't mind working hard, but I had to make sure that going forward from the year 2000 onwards, I owned everything and I invested and I made sure that I had exit strategies for everything. I made mm-hmm. sure that everything going forward was going to be completely different to the person I was in my 20s. I was going to be a lot wiser in my 30s. Yeah. Turns out it worked. But anyway, the point is I had to change some things. So it was, wasn't about not working, 
And yeah. I had balance because it's wise. Mm-hmm. You know, healthy, yeah. wealthy, everyone can make some money, right? But you've got to look after your health and you've got to make yes. smart decisions. You know, so you've got to balance yeah. everything out. So it's about being smart as well, being wise. When you're an entrepreneur or, or you're a business owner, when you're awake, you're working. Hmm. You're on the clock all the time. You're never Absolutely. Really no. So, the brain but, can't stop. <laughs> no, and, and, and rightly so. And I, I've had people say, but, you know, didn't you get some rest and meditation? And I go, well, my meditation was out riding a bike or going hmm. for a surf. I never stopped and relaxed. So that was my meditation. But we are always on the clock when you're in business. And that's okay. But make sure that you're doing all the right things with what you're doing so you are working smarter. And that's why I think time duplication as a system has been the most popular one in the book. Okay. Well, we're going to get to that. Let's get to the first system. Okay. So, folks, we are going to follow along. Let me just make sure. There are five systems here. So system number one, share with us. I love this name. Brilliant name. Great <laughs> well, that just, you trade. Just so you know, it. they don't actually go in order. They might be the first system, the second, but there's no order ah, okay. to the systems. So just so people understand, okay. it's a bit like the alphabet. It's A, B, C, D, but there's you make up your own words or there's words in there, right? So yeah. you, you can actually use the alphabet however you like. So the systems okay. one, two, three, four, five aren't followed sequentially. In fact, they all they all happen and they connect together. So okay. even though it's systematic, the systems actually operate independently. But the first awesome. one is business judo. And real quick, for those of you out there, let us know whether you think, rate yourself, whether you think you're working smart or working hard. Okay. And rate yourself in the comments. Let's see where we are with this audience and while those comments are coming in, Scotty, tell us about business judo. So business judo is a term I learned in the 90s when I was running sales teams. And it was actually a term called mental judo. So in other words, how do I help other people achieve what they want to achieve so I can achieve what I want to achieve? How can I have people think things are their idea when it's really my idea so that way they buy into those ideas and we actually get stuff done? So when I decided to start a company or a business, I didn't know it was going to be a company when I first started. I just wanted to start a business. Anyway, so when I wanted to start a business, I thought I'm going to use business judo in exactly the same way I did it with running sales teams. This time it's with business. And that's how I came up with the term business judo. But I also thought everybody did that. I didn't realize it was actually a a unique term or a term that Scotty had from the year 1999. I only found that out when I got out of the company and I started talking to people about business judo and it was a new term. But business judo, I think lots of people do it and they're already doing it. So some, in some ways, I give them validation that it's a perfect thing to do. So business judo has five habits in business judo. Okay, so the first one's positive mental attitude. That alone is probably the foundation part of business judo. There's networking. So this whole event is perfect business judo. There's collaboration, working together, working with other people, okay? Uh, There's creating win-win-win situations. So these are some of the things that, that habits that that business judo has. But like I said, one of the foundation ones is is the positive mental attitude. So positive mental attitude. Let's dive into that. 
Yeah, so positive mental attitude doesn't mean things aren't going to go wrong. In fact, every day in business, you feel like all you do is get up and deal with another set of problems. <laughs> but it's those negatives that you turn into positives. It's how do you flip the narrative into a positive? Or better still, the whole foundation of business judo is how do you how do you turn disadvantages or situations or any sort of um, whatever you're in, whether it's positive or negative, how do you really turn that into an advantage? Give us how an example, Scotty. Around? Give us an example. Sure. Well, actually, in the book, I talk about a time when I had no money. So I had no money in the company one day when I woke up. There was not enough money to pay wages that week. So what I did instead of going, you know, borrowing the money and trying to band-aid the solution, I had to change the way everything worked so, and actually try and turn that, what caused it, into an advantage. So I came up with a bonus system for all the staff. And the reason why I talk about that situation a lot is because that one day completely changed the company forever. I no longer got any financial trouble. All the staff were paid on bonuses. And what happened was the company had no more financial issues ever again. And that's why that was a, a critical turning point that day when I came up with a new system of rewarding staff and looking after the finances of the company in one go. Awesome. Awesome. We have a whole variety of people rating themselves from 2.5 out of 5 to 3. <laughs> so we have a lot of hard workers, but not necessarily smart, right? Or we there's room for growth, right? Myself included. Myself included. I think even when I started as an entrepreneur, I I didn't really realize the power of systems, right? To automate things or to have systems for things. And, and then this positive mental attitude, right? I grew up thinking failure is bad and hence to avoid it at all cost. And with entrepreneurship, that just doesn't work, right? You have to take well, the risk. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people sort of think that um, they don't have to work hard nowadays. And, and I actually am a fan of working hard, but it's working smarter. If you're going to yeah. put 40 hours in a week or you're going to put 60 hours in a week, that's okay. Working smarter doesn't mean only working 20. Working smarter means making sure that you're maximizing on those results. So when you're, you know, one of the habits of business judo is leverage. So when people are putting up their details in this chat group here, they're leveraging this situation to a, an ah, advantage. That's yes. leverage. That's perfect 100%. business judo. Everything about what you're doing today, Fanny, is perfect mm. business judo. It's, yeah. it's collaboration, it's, it's leverage, it's, it's win-win-win-win situation. Yeah. It's all positive. It's perfect business judo. The, the art I just didn't have a fancy judo, term for it. <laughs> the art of, well, like I said, I think everyone does it, but you've, you know, I had a situation yesterday where I mentor someone really senior, like high executive situation, and she was trying to deal with it. So it's like, well, how do we business judo this? In other words, how do we leverage off it? How do we turn it into a positive? How do we turn it into an advantage? What is it? Or do we just let it go like water off a duck's back? It's not worth dealing with. But either way, we have to business judo the situation. We have to flip that, work with whatever it is, and turn it around to the better. Okay. So to summarize, business judo, have a positive mental attitude, collaborate, leverage, create win-win-win situations, 
and network. And you can do all that in a live stream like this. <laughs> um, let's hop on to the next system. Okay, system number two, you said this is your most popular one, time duplication. Tell us about that. Yeah, look, time duplication is proving the most popular. Mm. And you know, it's the one thing that every successful person understands. So they duplicate themselves, they duplicate their products, and they duplicate their money. Now, some people can get one of those, a few people get two, not many people manage to successfully get all three. But if you can, whatever your definition of success is, you're going to be able to achieve no problems at all. So time duplication. So people duplicate themselves. In other words, they don't just have them doing the work. They have five or 10 or 50 or 100 or 1,000 people doing the same work that they're doing, duplicating yourself. Products. Products you do once, but you get paid for twice. Better still, products you do once, but you get paid over and over and over again. We'll go into some examples of it. And money. They duplicate their money. When they make money, they make that make more money. So while they're sleeping, they make more money when they're sleeping than they were awake. That's what they do. So successful people duplicate themselves, duplicate their product, and duplicate their money. So let's pick, pick one and let's go deep dive into an example. You want me to pick one? Will you pick one? Let's do, well, let's duplicate our money. Actually, it was one I was going to say if I was going to say about it, because I just did a, a session last week with a person. I introduced a term for them called wealth erosion. Huh. Okay. So wealth erosion. And that's what affects most people. So let instead of doing, you know, time duplication of money, so in other words, having money make more money while they're sleeping, they're buying things they don't need with money they don't have. Oh. In other words, it's eroding at their, it's eroding at their wealth. Every yeah. year they're spending ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars on stuff they don't need as expenses. Right. So it's it's an erosion underneath. Now, if they had invested that shares, property into things that make more money, mm. way better. Now, those exact things I can't give an example of, you know, because mm. you know, I'm I'm also a big fan of rewards. So if you want that car as a reward, well, great. But is it just make sure you own it. If you go back to my journey in the nineties. Make sure you own it. It doesn't own you. And if it owns you, it's time erosion. It's wealth erosion. It's underneath the bottom eating away at you and controlling you. So don't let things control you. Yeah. So with money, if you're making money, you need to have that money make more money. That's wise. That's smart. Recurring revenue. I saw that just come up. Yeah. True. But that's only recurring revenue. That's great duplication. But then what are you going to do with that recurring revenue? Are you going to make it make more money? Mm. Or are you just going to waste it on something? It's all the time being smart. You know, you you can buy a huge giant house if you want to, but you don't need it. Right. Buy another and investment property so you don't have to work hard anymore. That's working smarter. Or even investing money into our growth or learning, right? I, I always take a certain amount of my revenue and put it into courses that I take that year so that I can grow and learn new systems and ways to yeah. scale my business. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. 
you know, knowledge is power. So that's super smart to do that. That's investing back in yourself because you, you you can invest in a lot of things. See, Annie, ah, sorry, Fanny, what we're doing here is this is duplication too, right? So you're doing a one-to-many thing to right now, okay? And people watch it later. You know, people have YouTube channels, which cost nothing to create, but if you get it big enough, they'll give you some advertising revenue. You write a book, you know, you don't have to spend, this actually cost me zero money. I did 100% of it myself, ah. but it's another income stream. It's another 100%. income stream. So, you know, I didn't, ha- I didn't go and spend five or 10 or 50 or $100,000 to get someone to yep. write it for me. I wrote it myself, edited it myself, did the book cover, although I am looking for a publisher now because people are buying it. Hint, I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like I'm becoming a bit of a book distributor yes. and that's not the goal either. I'm enjoying signing the books, but it really probably... And for those out there, there is an Amazon link that uh, Anne and Rebecca will drop into the comments and even after the show. We're just skimming the surface of all these systems. We wanted to kind of like give you a quick snapshot of all these things. So time duplication... Duplicate yourself, duplicate your products, and duplicate your money. Let's go to system three, Scotty. Uh, business of thirds. What is yeah. that? So this one, look, the first two, business judo and time duplication, actually require you to do some work. There's actually actions involved. So to duplicate your money or to duplicate your products or to duplicate yourself, you've got to do some work. It's, it's not going to happen without you doing something. Collaboration, leverage, win-win situations, they're all things you've got to actually do. So that's business judo time duplication. Whereas business of thirds and the next one, the rule of 100, just exist. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is understand them and leverage the fact they exist. So the business of thirds works. If you, if you, you can either do it um, landscape or portrait, but I'll use a portrait example. So at the top, at the top, there's a tick box. At the bottom, there's a cross. And then middle is the things that can go either way. And this is just about all situations in just about everything. So at the top, there's, there's people that are going to buy from you. They're going to like you. They're going to relate to you. And there's the opposite at the bottom. So people that aren't going to like you or aren't going to relate to you and will probably never buy your products. But where success comes from is not the positives at the top, we'll call them false positives, or the negatives at the bottom, or false negatives. It's all the opportunity layer in the middle. Now, that exists with just about everything that you do. Everything you have, the business of thirds just exists, okay? Mm. So a lot of people, you know, if you can just spend all your time on the top with all the ticks, that'd be great. But that's not how life works, Yeah. okay? So what successful people do is they understand they're going to get some yeses, they're going to get some noes, but they need to get better at the middle third. The undecided? The would you call them the undecided? So yeah, the far? undecided. Yeah, those people, if you like. There's a few ways of looking at it. So we can do it on a sales analogy. We could do it on leadership or we could do it on business. You know, not all products you create will work. Yeah. We know that. But what's a system to follow for that? Okay, so we'll use the business of thirds system to follow that. You know, so we I know that some things aren't going to work. So, okay, so down there, just accept that. You move on. I took six attempts to start yeah. reading it. I just moved on. I didn't dwell about it. I just went, okay, well, that didn't work. I'm going to continue on. Awesome. So some things aren't going to work and some things are. But most people don't have a success and failure system they follow or they take it personally when someone says no. 
You know what I mean? Or they get a few yeses, they think that job's done and they rest on their laurels. They don't try to self-improve like you are, Fanny. You've got to keep on improving, always be improving. Because this in a way, yeah. I you know, the more I listen to you, the more it's like this third system is not necessarily, you know, we're we're in our tunnels sometimes as entrepreneurs, as corporate employees. We're just doing and we're looking at our kind of like our tunnel. However, having this system of knowing, taking this step back, this helicopter view of just knowing that there's going to be a certain percentage that will always be a loss. There's going to be a certain percentage that's easy wins. And then just knowing that in the middle, there's still so many opportunities and not just to focus on one success or one loss and just know that there's all this opportunity in the middle. So when you read the book, I actually Mm -hmm. talk about the 60% layer. Mm. And it's that 60% layer in business or sales that that successful people tap into. And that's where you focus on, you know. You focus on that third in the middle, which, like I said, if you read the book, I turn it into like a 60% layer. And some people say, oh, the business of thirds, isn't that like the 80-20 rule? You know what? Mm. I like the way you think. But no, Mm. it's completely different to the Mm. 80-20 rule. I love the 80-20 rule. But it's not. It is completely different to the 80-20. And it just exists. You just need to tap into it. Yeah. And almost like kind of like give us perspective to remember there is other things out there, not to just rest on our laurels with successes or mope over our failures. There's still so much more out there. Um, and let us know in the comments, for those of you out there, let us know any com- uh, questions you have around entrepreneurship or these systems. Let us know if you're already doing them. Maybe you're already doing them. They're just not called business judo or business of thirds. That's a term, which is, makes it easier for us to remember. But let us know if these are things that you're already doing and uh, any questions you have for Scotty as well. But let's jump into system four, rule of 100. What does that mean? So the rule of 100, right? So when I ask most people, what are the checkpoints they have in their business for leadership, you know, for onboarding staff? Or what about sales for tracking and follow-up? Anyway, you can use the rule of 100 in business, sales, or leadership. The good thing is it just exists. It just exists. You don't have to do anything other than know that it exists and put it into your business. So it's the first 100 seconds, the first 100 minutes, the first 100 hours, the first 100 days, the first 100 weeks, and the first 100 months. Those checkpoints just exist. The first 100 seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months. The good thing about the rule of 100, you can either use it as a countdown or a count up. In other words, if I was in the Olympics, I'd have a countdown to when I start and I'm counting down from the, you know, the the 100 weeks or the the 100 days, the 100 hours and my preparation, my training, everything's different as I'm heading towards my goal, like the launch point, whatever that is, product launch, someone starting as an employee, you know, you've got a, you've got a a countdown, but you've also got the count up. So if I use an employee as an example, so let's use the onboarding process, the first 100 seconds, the first 100 minutes, the first 100 hours as an onboarding process. Let's say you've got a client. Let's use the onboarding process as a client. What are those checkpoints that you have to onboard clients and staff? We'll use this system, the rule of 100. 
Once again, it just exists. I tell you, it's a perfect example is if you go onto LinkedIn, yeah. how many people change jobs after two years or the seven or eight year mark? A lot. But it's not, yeah. like, it's not like Cinderella. It's not at midnight at 100 weeks. <laughs> you know, but say between 18 months and two and a half years, so many people leave their job right on cue. Now, that could be two sides. It could be because the boss lost confidence in them or they lost confidence in the boss. Mm. Does that make sense? There's two sides. To, there's two yes. sides to everything. Always is. It's not three sides. But anyway, there's always multiple sides. There's our use of the systems and how other people use the systems. So you've got to also think about the other people as well, right? I love the fact that, like, actually, that's a really easy way to think of it. Like, they're checkpoints, right? Because so too often we we do, 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 and we don't pause to do a check, right? In, in companies, they do quality assurance, quality checks, right? But in, like, our entrepreneurship journey, we might not say, okay, it's been – a hundred days of maybe launching this product or something, where am I at? Is it working? Is it not working? What are the opportunities? The rule of thirds, right? You got um, it. Now we're working. Now <laughs> got we're working it, smarter. got it. Okay. Fitting it together now. Um, Fitting it together. Like they all operate collectively. You know, it's, like, it's a bit like I use a remote control as an example. You know, mm. not everyone uses all the buttons, right? But they do everything. But every now and then you're going to use this button and every now and then you're going to use that button and every now and then you're going to use that button. They all work together. They yeah. all do something. And yes. that's what the systems are. They all work together. You might have one that you're using more than the others, but that's okay. You know, your channel buttons and your volume control buttons might be your business due and your time duplication. You're using that more than the others or it might be the rule of 100. It doesn't matter. They all work together. And when you're ready to press that system or use that system today because something's come up, I like this question that we got from um, Niha. Um, hey, guys. <laughs> Great to see you in the feed there. He says, can you dig into systems and forget about the execution part? He asked this because he loves systems and sometimes finds himself stuck in system development. Um, system development. Okay, so... One thing with the systems that I had at Renet was they weren't necessarily documented into books that people follow. Mm. Does that make sense? It wasn't. Yes. They, were, they were systems as foundation systems and in-pool systems. So when I went to the office, I knew what I had to do to duplicate staff. I knew what I had to do to duplicate product. Does that make sense? It wasn't yeah. I opened up the book and said, well, look, on page 96, that's what it says you have to follow. Mm. So I'm a huge believer in action is more important than just about anything else. Yeah. So if you're spending all day doing business plans and, and documenting systems and processes, well, look, that's fine if that's the kind of person you are. Mm -hmm. But it's action. Mm -hmm. It's always action that matters. So the yeah. four things from today, if people are listening, is what we call recognize, relate, assimilate, and action. So try to recognize what I'm saying. Say that one more time. <laughs> yep. So recognize, relate. Assimilate action. So try to recognize mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Relate it back to you and your business. Assimilate mm -hmm. it into your business or your career and take some action. Action, action, action. I could, I could want to be in the Olympics in four years' time, but unless I start training and preparing right. for the Olympics, I'm never going to get to the Olympics. 
So you came from the tech world, Scotty, and yes. we have a question from Rebecca, but there's also folks from the creative world, right? And they're wondering, you know, would you recommend applying these systems, whether your work is more creatively based versus like an author or a graphic designer? It's irrelevant. It's, 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 I don't, you may not be an entrepreneur. You may be an employee. It's exactly the same systems. How to duplicate myself? What else can I do? How can I duplicate the money I'm making right now? What products can I make that I'll get paid for twice? It, it doesn't matter what you're in. You know, you're, you're an employee and you think, oh, I can't really use these systems. I'm not in business. Well, you can. What are the things that you're doing at work over and over and over again that I can put into something that's repeatable? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, or, or use business judo or my sales strike rate or what am I doing with the team, building the team environment? What are the checkpoints I've got? How am I keeping customers happy? What are the checkpoints I've got? What's the onboarding process? What's the countdown or the count up for everything? It doesn't matter what you do, whether you're an entrepreneur, a business owner or an employee. These well, systems, I guess an example would be then like, like duplicating time, right? Like nowadays we have all this, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur, like scheduling meetings, right? Like when, when Calendly came along and allowed us to like kind of pick together all our calendars, merge it, and for people to be able to schedule their own meetings with you and look at gaps in your time, that was duplicating your time. So you're not like constantly emailing back and forth to find an open slot in your calendar, right? Yeah. I mean, however you want to save time, that's up to you. But yeah. saving time is really important. What am I doing over and over again that I don't have to do over and over again? So when mm -hmm. it goes back to that question about whether you're, whether you're a creative kind of person or a more programming kind of person or a salesperson or admin, doesn't matter. It's exactly the same systems. How do I do this smarter? You know, yeah. it's it's it's... it's not wise, so healthy, wealthy, and wise, it's not wise to be doing the same thing over and over and over again. What is that? I just say, so you know, I'm not a huge fan, by the way, Fanny, of Calendly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it has it, I think it has its place. But the one thing for anyone listening out there is a sales tip, which is a different subject. When someone sends me the Calendly link, like I'm going to get all excited and jump mm. on and book in their Calendly, I feel like they just shove something in front of me with no empathy or genuine mm. interest or anything so if you're using calendly use it as an after tool not as a sales tool mm. or, a, or a connection tool or a networking tool when you've got a relationship with someone that will help yeah so in that case okay let's let's just take that little example right um, of systemizing something right so yes i do agree that it it, it seems a little cold like okay go schedule yourself right but in that case, would you then hire somebody to schedule for you so that there is a little bit of warmth? Because you're you're the speaker or entrepreneur, you know, CEO of your company, and you're busy with a ton of other things. Something like scheduling, if you if customer experience is important to you, then in that case, is your system to hire somebody to schedule versus automating it. Like, at what point do you decide these things? Well, if you're busy enough and you don't care about the appointments and you spray and pray with your Calendly, just put it out there and whoever books in must really want to see me. That's okay if that's how busy you are. I get that. 
In fact, I wouldn't have added a Calendly before when I was CEO because I didn't have time for people just randomly to book my time. I didn't want that. They had to book when I was ready, not when they were ready. So I was always in full control of it, if that makes any sense. I love Calendly. I think it has a great place. I'm not being Mm. negative on it. I'm just saying I find it really impersonal. People introduce it at the start. So I got a Mm. connection. uh, What do you want to call it? A nice reply to a connection request today with his Calendly at the bottom. And I went, man, that's so impersonal. Too soon. I don't even know you yet. And you want to... you want to go on a first date, you know, like really? right, right. You know, yeah, it's like hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't you know who you are. We just connected. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, happy to jump on a Zoom call, but let's have a bit of a, you know, I don't know who you are, right. and now all of a sudden you want to sell me something. I'm going like, yeah, jump on my calendar. Anyway, so that's that's changing the. I would subject. love to hear from the audience. Like, tell us what are what is something that you want? Do you want to duplicate your time? Your um, was the other one? Time, money, or product? Product, right? I see a few things in here, like someone has automated their emails, right? So that um, that's maybe time, right? There's other things here. What is your struggle? Um, what are you trying to duplicate? Um, and what is this pain point? We'd love to hear from you, and then we can get Scotty to kind of address that as well. I also put some examples in the book of people who think they can't duplicate, Mm -hmm. but they can. Mm -hmm. Everyone can Mm -hmm. duplicate products. But at the end of the day, I know there's some things you can't duplicate. I mean, I had to have staff because we had to do some work. (laughs) You know, it was great if like everything could have just happened without staff or without people, but it doesn't. Sometime, at some point, people have to do some work. But it's not about doing work, about working smarter. That's Mm -hmm. the point. It's always about, okay, I'm doing the work. I need it to get maximum benefit for me. That's the point. I see a whole bunch. Uh, product. Rochelle says product. Dolores says money. David says time. Chandra says time, product, money, everything, all the above. <laughs> <laughs> now, what you said duplication is your most popular system. We all want to duplicate. Because I've got a poll, by the way. So some people have gone in and answered the question, what's your most popular systems? And it turns out time duplication is. And uh, I think it's the one most people want, which is great. Mm. They want more time and they, they want their money working for them and they want to do products they only do once and get paid for twice. Everyone wants that, but it's is an action. Okay, so now you've recognised it, relate it back to yourself, assimilate it into what you're doing and take some action. In other words, what are you going to do today that you're going to get paid for again next year? What are you going to do this year that you're going to get paid for again next year without doing any more work? Okay, well, if this year is too late, what are you going to do in 2023 that you're still going to get paid for the year after? Give us a quick example of, and maybe whether it's yourself or one of your clients, of duplicating a product. Oh, well... Here's a perfect example, books. Some Mm. people can do video content, courses. Mm. They do a course once, put it up online, how to make an omelette. I don't know. I'm not a chef. So, you know, how to do better admin at work, how to do accounts if you're an accountant person. You might have a job, but you can create a course where you go and put 20, 30 or 40 hours into creating a course. And next Mm. year you might be selling 10 or 20 or 30 of those courses. All of a sudden you're getting paid. You did the job once, you're getting paid twice. And if it takes off and it scales up, you get some traction where you could end up getting paid a hundred or a thousand times. Right. But you did the job once. 
Everyone yeah. can do it. In the book, I give some perfect examples of how you can, once again, recognize, relate it to yourself, assimilate and take some action. And the in a way, one, like some... Way, oh, the last yes. System, uh, get into it, right? So yes. last system, sugar and cream. The sugar and cream. So just to get into that quickly, because it ties into all the rest. So the first two systems require some action. You've got to do some work with business judo and time duplication. The business of thirds, the rule of 100, exist. Just tap into them, use them to your advantage. That's how you work smarter. But sugar and cream is very much so an attitude. So if I go back to the book starts with attitude, with positive mental attitude, the other one at the end is sugar and cream, which is definitely an attitude. So what happens is with sugar and cream, we all know the creamy people and the cream floats to the top, which is great. But when we talk about attitude, it's about staying sugary. Now, Fanny gave a perfect example about how she invests in herself every year to develop her skills and improve what she's doing. That's working smarter. But that's what sugary people do. They invest in themselves and they want to achieve more. They want to improve and they never get to become the cream. Even when they are the cream, they still don't be the cream. What they do is they be the sugar and they stir things up and they motivate other people. They come and watch or attend things like the Fanny Dunnigan show. That's what they do. They train, <laughs> they coach, they motivate, they inspire, they write books. They stay sugary. But see, the thing is, when I was hiring staff, I didn't go looking for the cream staff. I went looking for the sugary staff, the people that wanted to grow and develop and become part of something bigger. When I went out and sold the products to clients, so when I was out selling Renet, when I first started, I didn't go to the big cities or the big companies. I got paid the same regardless of where they were. So I went to the regional towns, the sugary customers, the sugary towns. The, the towns, when I went to them, were 40, 50, 60,000 people towns, but no one goes there. So I went there and they're going, oh, Scott, come on in. Let's chat. I'm glad you're here because they're sugary people. They appreciate it. The creamy people sort of go, look, I'm too busy for this stuff. You know, I'm up here somewhere. Uh... You look down there. It's about staying motivated. It's an attitude. Okay, I give two examples, which I won't get into because I think we're running out of time. The two it's examples okay. is that it, we can go over avoid <laughs> RPD and CPD. RPD is rich person's disease, and CPD is car park disease. And I talk about that in the book. And at all costs, you need to avoid those two things, and you need to stay sugary. You need to stay motivated. Okay, that's what life's all about. All the successful people are staying sugary at all times. It's like Tony Robbins, right? Like he, I, I'm, I'm a big follower of his, right? He, I still remember a famous line he said where, you know, the, the purpose of life is not to be happy. The purpose of life is to actually continue to grow. Because we can be happy throughout, but we get antsy. We, you know, we could be happy for like a few weeks and then we're like, okay, I'm ready to move on. I'm looking for the next thing, right? So in a way, it's like if we're constantly growing and learning, then that's the purpose of life. If, what do you and, think? And someone said to me, oh, it's probably a year or two ago, someone said, you're not really retired. And I said, yeah, well, you know, all I'm doing at the moment is just setting and achieving some goals. And then I said, actually, come to think of it, that's all I've done all my life. The only thing that's changed is the sense of urgency. 
you know. So today, I'm sure 10 or 20 people are going to buy the book and it's awesome. You know, it's great. But that's just a goal I had. It's a, I'm just running around achieving goals and I love sharing it. You know, I wish I'd have read something like this when I was younger. It just made 100%. sense. And that's why I'm sharing it. You know, and, and every time someone buys a book, it's like they buy me a cup of coffee. And I say, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the cup of coffee. But you're going to make way more than the cup of coffee. Yeah. You're well, going to and in a way, everything even like a, even a book like this, right? So it's a product, right? But Boom. it also opens doors, right? That uh, I think it was system number three, where it opens opportunities for you to then go speak on a show or podcasts or on a big stage about your systems, right? And it's, so it's almost like you can start by duplicating a product. Um, and then from there, you're increasing the number of opportunities that you have. So it's, it's something you do once, but has more benefits than the one benefit. That's duplication of product. It's duplication of time. You know, so something you're doing once that has multiple benefits and advantages is smart. The single use of time. So we all know single use of plastic is not very good. Well, nor is single use of time. Yeah. So you've got to be careful of things like wealth erosion and time erosion, that what you're doing is duplicating and has more than one benefit. I know sometimes you have no choice. Sometimes you don't, and that's okay. But it's about introducing these systems to your business on a daily, daily basis so that way next year you're going to achieve twice as much as you did last year. That's mm. what it's about. Not about not working hard. That's not what it says, okay? I'm okay with working hard. I mean, I did. No one else was going to do it for me. Yeah. I had to do it, but I made sure I worked smart. Love it. So speaking of working smart and creating opportunities, Scotty wants to create an opportunity for those of you out there. Scotty is has graciously offered to create an opportunity for someone in the audience. Um, Scotty, share with people what you want to offer them. Offer one uh, yeah, lucky sure. winner. I'm very philanthropic with the knowledge. So just first of all, you can go and watch a lot of videos on System 1357 about a lot of the things I spoke about today. There's like 250 videos that are free for you to watch. Go and sign up. It's free. There's no catches. In fact, it's my time duplication. So I don't have to keep saying it over and over again. I don't need to get paid for it. Go and do it. But at the same time, a lot of people want the forest and trees moment, which is, well, how do I put that together in my business? Okay, so I get the system, I get the principle. How do I do that? And that's where people, you know, come along for a session for half a day and we put it together for them. And that's a, normally about $1,000. Sometimes people want some more. And sometimes I've done full six-month programs with people. And I enjoy doing it. So today I'm going to give away one of those sessions worth $1,000 wow. to someone, which I'm not going to pick. They're your audience, Fanny. Yep. I'm happy for you guys to pick it. And yep. share that with someone and we'll do a session with them, whether it's on sales or business or leadership, it's up to them. And it can be part of the systems, you know. Yeah. I don't mind. Whatever they want, whatever's going to help them achieve their goals. So I'll let you give that away to someone. Okay. okay. Well, and it can be international. like everything, like everything in life, we need to work towards things. So I want to make sure people were paying attention. The first person to list... Three of the five systems 
that Scotty has talked about today, they will win the half day session with Scotty worth over a thousand dollars. In fact, I, I think it, it's way above that value um, time with you. So the first person we're going to watch the feed, the first person to list three out of the five systems that Scotty mentioned wins this time with Scotty, right? Time is precious and coaching um, is special. So, but just so you go. know, like I said, just to repeat back on the five systems they they all operate independently as well as concurrently together. And just to help give people a bit of clarity, so when they read the book, I could have called them the five habits, I could have called them the five philosophies, I could have called them the mm -hmm. five principles, but I really like the word systems. I was a very system-orientated person. So that's a bit more background on people. It's not A, B, C, D. This is yeah. the order you do everything in. It's no. Every day you wake up with the intention of knowing you have these systems underneath foundation systems in your business or in your career. That's what the five systems are for. So awesome. how you use that in your business, it's up to you. It's like the alphabet. Go for it. Awesome, awesome. I see things popping in already. Um, it's actually not showing up in this feed, but um, I see it on over here in the uh, comments on LinkedIn. So let's go there and let's see who I see. I'm just double checking. Okay, uh, Sam Maxton, okay. He Sam. was the first one to, uh, do you know Sam? <laughs> he, he's one uh, of the people who bought the book and sent me a photo. Oh, there you go. So he's doing a deep dive with you. Uh, Sam Maxton, I don't know why I didn't show up on this feed, but it is on the LinkedIn here. He named time duplication, business judo, the rule of a hundred. So Sam Maxton, you win this precious, precious time with Scotty. Uh, so Sam, I'll, I'll just assume that you guys will hook up together. And, um, and then from there, I'd like to go to Anne because Anne, we also promised somebody in the audience that they will get a tripod. Uh, for the best comment or question. So let me bring on Anne. Anne, who yes. should we name as the best comment from today's show? Who gets okay. the tripod? And if I say your name wrong, if I pronounce it wrong, I am very sorry. Rachel, first of all, she just about tied with Sam with getting it in there. <laughs> and I absolutely love her comment that she's adding lifelong learner to her LinkedIn profile because it sums up everything basically that she learned today and who she yeah. is. Yeah. Love it. And, and honestly, if you're here in the audience today, it's because you want to continually grow and learn. So thank you to everybody that tuned in today and Rochelle. Uh, yeah. Send your mailing address to Anne and we're going to get that tripod out to you. Thank you for adding your perspectives and adding your comments to this feed. Thank you so much. And I hope we pronounced your name correctly. 
Um, but Scotty, stay right there. Don't go yet. I just want to quickly highlight some upcoming events for folks here um, on October the 12th. Um, we have the CG Hour. That's with our um, sponsor, CG Infinity. This is for those in the energy sector. And actually, a lot of folks in Texas who is in my audience here of like, how did the grid survive? We had some energy problems here. Um, I don't know about you guys in Australia, Scotty, but uh, that's, a, that's a topic that we'll be diving into from there. October 20th on this show, we have Lisa Gable, a former U.S. diplomat. She has an amazing book, and she talks about how she went through her rise to the White House as this petite little woman that did powerful things and how we can all stand in our power. Um, so she will be on the show. And then October 25th, we have, for those technology folks out there, our Cheers Happy Hour. So make sure you register at abtpdfw.org and uh, join us for those different events and live streams. Scotty, final parting word based on uh, all this that we've learned. Well, if I had to give a parting word, I, I, I think I repeated it several times. It's action. Actions speak louder than words. Just quickly, like there's five steps to setting goals and achieving goals. There's write it down, plan it, tell people about it, involve and take action. The reality is you'll achieve all your goals in reverse order by taking action, involving people in your goals, telling people about your goals, writing it down fine and setting, sorry, planning it out and writing it down. But it's action. It's always action is the pivot point to Just every person's success. And then get this book, folks. Get this book Take right action. here. <laughs> Learn these systems, the right attitudes, the right mindset, and build it into your everyday life, whether you're an employee or entrepreneur. Thank you to everyone that joined us. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Scotty. Thank you to all the amazing commenters and questioners in the audience. And may all of you continue to shine your light share your message, share your gifts, and I hope you'll do it through video so people can see you, feel you, and know you. That's it for today. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to our show. Thank you so much.